If you're humble and you know it, then you're not. If you're humble and you know it, then you're not. If you're humble and you know it, and you always have to show it. If you're humble and you know it, then you're not. <laughs> Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the humblest. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. And I am RG. And today we're going to talk about humility. Uh, so we got a new a new guest on today, another co-host. His name is RG. He's a good friend of mine. We used to live together for one month after Gerardo moved out. He moved in for one month and then moved out as well. Um, so we're not that good of friends. <laughs> yeah, RG, who are you? Tell us all your sins. <laughs> My name's RG. I work full-time as a youth minister, and I also organize some confirmation and you know, the usual middle school and young adult ministry. Our church is kind of middle-sized, so it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, I always thought, so when I first learned your name, it was introduced as RG, I thought it was Archie, and I thought it was short for Archibald. Um, so if I ever call him Archibald throughout the episode, you know why, but that's, uh, yeah, it's RG, is, it's really not that, it's, it's, his first, it's his first and last initials, so his name is just, his name is Raphael. Which is a sick name. I don't know why you don't go by that, yeah. but whatever. You know, everyone says that to me, but uh, my parents actually gave me the nickname RG the moment I was born. Oh, really? So, oh, okay. growing up, I was, like, never called Raphael. Like, my parents never called me that. So, mm. yeah. Um. So, you know, you are, this is the first time you're being brought on the, the podcast, but this is the episode on humility, so... We therefore must think that you are like a super humble guy or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Tell mean, us about how that, humble you are. That's, <laughs> and that's that's what I was thinking about. I was like, what are people going to think about me after being on this specific episode? You know, like this guy thinks he's so humble, but you know, I think um, <laughs> it's just a fun topic to talk it about is a fun to- because it's just so ironic that we're talking about yeah. it to begin with. You know? Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, he definitely he was he was sought after by us, not by himself. We didn't go up to him and be like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna be on the podcast?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's talk about humility." <laughs> I just I'm really looking for a platform to just talk about how humble I am. I'm trying to send a message <laughs> to you or about me. <laughs> but um, no, I am I am a big fan of RG. He is like I said, like he said, he's a youth minister. He also is a music minister, kind of similar to Gerardo and other members who have been on the podcast, but. I say this. I say this to everybody. I say this to Gerardo's face. I, I say this to any, anybody that I know. I think RG is probably my favorite of all the worship leaders in the area. And I and I, this is a compliment. You know, you don't even have to respond to it. But I think he does it with a lot of humility. I think that he has found a way to navigate the limelight of, if you want to call it that, of being in the worship music setting in a humble way, making it about God, all of that. So I sought him out to be on this episode, particularly because I think he's done a good job of living out practical humility, which I think we're gonna do a lot of talking about it, but like living it out is such a, is such a difficult thing to do because I think we touched on it a little earlier, just moments ago, but it does seem to be a topic that is difficult to talk about because almost by even mentioning it at all, it seems to be removed. How do you even talk about humility without not being humble? But I think it, and it's, it's just, it's so backwards almost. It's like the, I call it the ever elusive virtue. It's like, as soon as you have it, you don't, as soon as you know, you have it, you don't, you know what I mean? But that's not even true. Like that's partially like false humility. And that's, uh, it's, it's just such a difficult and frustrating virtue to navigate. And I think pretty much it's probably because we're so prideful, right? It's like, it's so frustrating to us and elusive to us because it is the simplest of all virtues by nature. It is so simple 
and therefore we just overthink the crap out of it right it's like but yeah what do you what do you guys well, think how, on yeah that? how many things in the faith are like that that you could say the whole thing is simple but not easy right love god love your neighbor simple but not easy humility i know and we went through this a lot because i and part of me still hangs on to it but i really wrestled with you can never admit that you're humble because by admitting it you are removing the humility just by definition it felt wrong and then we talked about it and i remember you gave me the definition of humility being knowing where you stand in relation to god and so having an accurate understanding of who god is and what our relationship with him is is humble because exactly that if you are great at something if rg is a great uh worship leader and he's gonna say he's not it's inaccurate and it's not it's not humble because it's inaccurate which is such a weird thing and then how do you fairly judge yourself yeah that's that's a tough thing to do and i think we how this that conversation originated was we were talking because it's it stemmed from like i think we boiled down logically all the way down to can you admit if you are humble, if you know for a fact that you are humble, but it started with, can you say that you are good at something? Cause I think it's how it started. I think it was, we were talking about either Messi or LeBron James or whatever, some athlete who is probably the greatest, at least playing right now. And definitely when we talked about it, did I, because didn't LeBron James at one point say he was the best player in the world? Like in the I'm interview? sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but I think it, it was in the time where he unarguably was the best player in the world. And, I don't not to di- not to dive into that specific interview like that could have been done in a non-humble way but we, I think the conversation originally started with could that be done in a humble way to say I am the best player in the world mm-hmm. if it is an accurate statement and that's a little bit but I think if we just look at it simply with a can you say that you are good at something in a humble way and I don't know like and how do you how do you respond like even when I was just giving your praise RG about how I I like the way that you uh, lead prayer. What 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 is a response to that? If I say, "Hey, I think you're the best music player I've ever I, I've ever heard," how what 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 is the way that you would re- like? What yeah. how do you even respond to that situation? I mean, I, I feel like the best thing is to just say nothing. <laughs> like to be honest, not even thank you. Like, well, thank <laughs> you. Just walk like, away. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're like at the end of the day, you kind of like let it fade into memory, or you know, it makes me think of like the the Christmas reading. Um, Mary pondered the things in her heart, and there was like probably a lot of things she could have probably told a lot of people, well, my son's going to be the Messiah. My son's going to be this. My son's going to be the king. But she just held it. And there's like this somewhat like that pain, but that that understanding that, well, there's a God who knows and who knows everything and even knows more than I do. So even the praise that I want to give myself, like it's like, well, that might be even be imperfect, you know, because God knows even the flaws that kind of go with the things that you can praise yourself about. So I think like a lot of humility will start, I mean, it just starts with the relationship with God, like understanding, okay, where am I in relation to him, getting to know him and knowing that he sees everything and you can just ponder things in your heart and know that at the end of the day, heaven, everybody knows everything. So it's cool. It's good. You know, you gotta, you gotta have hope in that. So I think that's like really important, you know, to understand. And that's what I love about the Catholic faith that teaches you things where you can understand how to be humble and like have hope in, in, in heaven to have humility here on earth and understand like at the end of the day, God will know everything. Everyone will be together and it'll just be love. And you know, you don't really have to worry so much about what the future holds. It's just, you know, or the appreciation you can receive or like being seen. It's just cause everything's going to be seen eventually in heaven. 
you know. So I think like that eternal vision is just so important to be humble, uh, to 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 practice that, and then everything like just kind of fades into. Well, is this really that important? Is it really important for everyone to know that I'm the best basketball player in the world? Eventually, everybody will. I mean, in heaven, probably. But I think that's like the mindset, you know, to have towards humility. I'm not perfect in that. You know, there's so many times where I'll falter in that or even talk, you know, to myself or talk myself out of it. But yeah, I think um, that's <laughs> I, I said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not perfect in that. Why are we listening to you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> to little kind of backtrack because there's a lot of really good stuff that we're gonna have to unpack all of it <laughs> we're gonna start with just a little side note talk about our lady we always are going off on tangents on her but i like what you said about how she did ponder the things in her heart and she did know that because she had perfect like unity with god she knew she one she knew that her son was gonna be the messiah two she knew that she was the holiest person that has ever lived and ever will live I and guess like, that answers the question in the song, Mary, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she did know. <laughs> she, she most certainly knew. Um, but because at the school that I work, we are very devoted to Mary. And people always say, well, it's not fair that she like she was conceived without original sin. Like, she didn't have any problems or whatever it is. Like, of course, she could be without sin. I said, I don't think that that's true. Because one, if the devil could tempt, would want anybody to sin, it would be her. So she she was probably under constant temptation more than anybody else, probably the rest of humanity combined. And, you know, the devil tempts you where you're at. So it's not like she wasn't being tempted to go out and like sleep around. She wasn't being tempted to go out and steal like that obviously would bounce right off of her. But the fact of the matter is, is she lived her entire life knowing for a fact that she has the best relationship with God, is the most loved by God and is the most holy person that has ever lived and will ever live. Her entire life knew that and never once was prideful about it. Not even in her mindset. That is crazy to me. Because, like, I, that would destroy me instantly. I can't even handle, like, anything. I can't handle anything without being prideful. She was born without original sin, so yeah. no concupiscence there. Yeah. <laughs> you but, know what I'm but, but so were Adam and Eve, right? They were born yeah. without concupiscence, and it was just the temptation. Yeah. It, it, like, under constant temptation. Especially because when you, when Lucifer, right, the devil, his whole thing was that because he knew he was the most beautiful being, that it was so hard for him to be godlike. And, like, Mary somehow, like, masters it which is which is awesome so i want to go back to the other part of what rg was saying about why is it important for lebron james to admit that he is the best basketball player in the world and i have seen this in a team environment where if for example if the captain of the team is showing up early is helping pick up cones is staying late is not cutting any corners it sets a precedent for the players below them that well if they aren't good enough to cut corners i certainly am not good enough to cut corners and it what it does for the environment of the other players is a positive thing so i've seen it in a smaller environment like just coaching a high school team if the best player who everyone knows is the best player is behaving in a certain way and keeping in line the other players it's benefiting them who would, on their own, be cutting corners or not following the lead. And that, in turn, helps those players. So by LeBron James admitting, there is nobody in the world who is better than him. And if he doesn't cut corners, nobody can cut corners. Exactly. So it sets a, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's fair. And that, that's the thing is, right? It's, it's, as soon as you think you have it, like humility, it's gone, right? It's like, okay, but is it virtuous to not put a front that say like, so that people can follow you, right? If you're not, if you, 
because nobody wants to be the person who's in the who nobody wants you to be the person who is naturally put into the leadership role because of your talent, because of your hard work, uh, because of your charisma, and not be led by you. You know, this is the classic, especially working with high schoolers. You're like, you have no idea how the effect you have on everyone else. Well, I didn't ask for that. I was like, sucks, dude. You're good at sports. Sucks, dude. You're tall. You're funny. Whatever it is, like the weight that you have, like that you can affect the world with, you have it. And by not doing anything with it, you can say that it's unfair. You can say that it's pressure that is not applied to anybody else. Fine. But like nobody wants you to be the guy who falls short of what he can be. Yeah. Use your powers for good, as yeah. it were. Yeah. There's this level of like, you know, you don't want to waste the good gifts that you have. So do you just let it all blow up? And mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's like constantly like humility is like that interior position. And it's a case by case matter. For me to say I'm the best player in basketball in the world, that's that's you know lacking in so much more humility probably than LeBron, who's actually pretty close to um, what the best player in the basketball in, in basketball would be. But you know, I think also another discussion is like his son. Does he want his son to be better than him? So there's that level of humility where you can be great, but understanding that there's greater, which is understanding that there's a God who is greater than all. You know, so you'll never be the best, and the greatest good is God Himself. So there's always something that's going to exceed you. So I think that's like, it's like going back to the same thing, like yeah. that interior position. But in a sense, like I feel like when they say that, it's like really to motivate themselves mm. to get to become the better basketball player they can be. I mean, they probably truly believe it because that's what, you know, is the thing that will motivate them if they really believe they're the best basketball player. But, you know, I mean, I think there's, for some people, there's other things more important. And I do want to say there is a way to do it with humility and a way to not right to go on to go un, unprovoked or whatever and just be like I'm the best player like what's it Ricky Bobby um, from Talladega Nights when he's like I, the interviewer like asks him a basic question is like how did you do or whatever and he's like listen it's plain simple I'm the best there ever was <laughs> like that's not humble right but to approaches you and asks you in a way like you are the best player in the world right now and you and you, you don't want to just be like no I'm not because like that's annoying too you know like false humility humility right there i mean (laughs) and it's so it's so difficult to to navigate because i mean there was uh i always think back to because it had a very i I think about this moment all the time when i think about humility is when i was in high school uh our football team was really good and there was one of the players his name was butch the dude was an animal man he was a linebacker he was a phenomenal athlete nicest guy in the world too that's what i always notice about athletes in high school the really good ones are always super nice and it's always like the the, the middle guys who like think they're really good i have found that to they're be just true. they're the, they're so annoying but like <laughs> the best of the best athletes were always super humble to, in my in my experience i'm sure there's outliers but he was just the nicest guy and people would come and be like dude you're so good and he would just he's his classic response would be like no i suck and granted, the kid was like 16, 17 years old, so I don't I don't fault him at this, right? And I'm sure he doesn't do this anymore. Because like, how do you even how do you handle that situation? Because he didn't want the attention on him, but like he had the attention on him and like he didn't know what to do with it. And I don't I don't fault him in this or at all. Like I think he was trying to be humble, but going about it in a very annoying way, right? It was like it was almost like it's like, dude, no, you don't. You don't suck. But like how as a kid can you even how does it even as an adult? Can you really do what is humble? Because it's like, if you if you because if you were to say instead like, yeah, you're right, then I'm, then I would have been like, okay, this freaking guy. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I mean, I, I I pity him like in that in that situation. But uh, you know, I think there's always the classic thank you. Like I am, I I think I played really well. But like, there's always more work to do. Like you know, always pointing on to like, there's always something more. 
is a, is a bit of a way to, cause like I said, so there is a way to answer it with humility and a way to answer it without it. But again, the problem is, is like humility is so interior that like, even if you say an answer that appears to be humble with the wrong intention, it is not humble anymore. Right. Because like, and humility looks different for every single person. And that's, that's the difficult thing about it. Like an act of courage is pretty much the same for everybody, but an act of humility, it's so easy to be like, I want to be portrayed as humble. So I'm going to do this. I think back to there was a St. Francis. We used to hear this story back at Franciscan. Uh, he had kind of gotten famous essentially in the Catholic world. And he was going to speak to a group of nuns and they were like all like jazzed up that he was like going to be there because they're like, Oh my gosh, St. Francis, like he works miracles. Like he's a celebrity. And he like heard about it. And he was like, uh, uh-uh. like he's like, no way. So he walked up onto the, to where he was speaking, picked up a pile of dirt off the ground, smashed it onto his head and rubbed it all over his face and walked away. And like, that was it. He never spoke to them <laughs> like because it's just like saying like, I am dirt. And like, they were, he could clearly tell that they were more excited to see him than to see God and to like hear what he had to say about poverty and whatever it might be. If I were to do that, I think I would be very unhumble to do it though. Cause you could say like that, he was drawing more attention to himself by doing this. And it's like, I'm sure he did it in a very humble way, but there is a way to do that specific act in a way that is not humble, I would say. Yeah. And even just into your, like you said, your interior disposition everyone in the world might think you're the humblest person and you think you're the humblest person and that's the problem (laughs) but that's that's pretty wild to think that well it it doesn't matter because you can fool everyone but you're not going to fool god so this is the it's better to be thought prideful but actually humble than thought humble and actually prideful i understand that yeah (laughs) yeah Okay, I wasn't sure if that hit the back 15 <laughs> seconds and listen to that again. Yeah. But yes, agreed. Yeah, and then that, that's the thing. So like the whole thing with humility is not at the end of the day, it's not about how you look or not. It's not even about looking humble. I mean, I think sometimes people pull off the oh, yeah, I am good at it. But it's a joking way. And they can like laugh it off and they can like laugh about themselves. But that's their personality. And that's their type of humility. That's how they kind of get that across. But like people who don't have that type of I guess, charism, that gift, their humility might look a lot different. But I think humility makes people look the best, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, to God, not to people. Yeah. And that's what really matters. I mean, it doesn't matter how good I look to you guys. I mean, I I don't know. I try. But (laughs) the thing is, like, God sees and he he knows. So um, at the end of the day, like when, you know, you get these compliments or you, um, you know, people affirm you. You take the affirmation and, you know, you got to thank God for what he's given you already. And you just, you can hope that, because you don't know what these gifts are going to lead to if people are like looking at you or God, but you can, you just got to pray that they don't see you as much as you, you know, you would want them to see you. You, They want to see God, you know, through those gifts. And it's hard to kind of give that disposition, give that kind of uh, message off, but it's a struggle, I think, uh, for people to be humble, especially these days with so many um, kind of arts and things that you can do, so many ways you can be creative, uh, so many ways that you can be talented, like video games and stuff. I mean, there's just all these things. And um, the world is telling you to just, you know, be this self-made person who, you know, ramps yourself up and that's how you motivate yourself and everybody's your enemy. And you know, I'm suspicious about those, you know, those those kind of uh, attitudes because, you know, I don't think, you know, looking at Jesus and looking at how the church, you know, asks us to be humble. I don't think that's like what we're asked to do. 
So I, I'm, I, I don't know yet. I don't know what it's all going to lead to because it's all like happening right now. But yeah, I'm suspicious about like certain attitudes, like the self-made attitude, the attitude that you think you're the greatest, most independent, then it's the best for you. I just had a thought. I was just talking to my dad about this when he was talking to someone and, and what we boiled it down to was successful people don't want to admit that luck had anything to do with it. Because if I succeeded, I want it to be because of what I did. I don't want to admit that someone else had a hand in it or that luck had a hand in it. And this is right. If you go to, uh, was it Star Trek? You know, it's possible to do everything right and lose. That is not failure. That's life. So just because you do everything right doesn't mean that it's going to go how you want it to. But the people who succeeded tend to want that like, no, I did this. I built it not realizing how much of it was one what they were given by god and two just opportunity that happened to be in front of them thoughts on that i yeah i think you know we've we've basically gone past like we haven't even really talked about what actually like the definition of humility is which is fine to me because i've never really heard a definition of humility that is like yes that's (laughs) it right there that's the one i mean essentially i think alec touched on it right it's knowing who you are in comparison to god uh, I think the simplest, simplest definition is like knowing who you are, knowing the truth of who you are, I think is just essentially what it, at its deepest core is knowing exactly who you are. Because why do we even need to say a relationship to God? Because we were made for we that. We already made for that. <laughs> so that, that, that is, that's redundant technically. But anyway, to, to kind of backtrack a little bit to the, the whole self, self-made man thing, how do I try to practically live out humility is just like, Anything good that I experience in my life, exteriorly or interiorly, it's just easiest for me. And the problem is, again, is this, is this false humility, right? Mm-hmm. Is this like, uh, I don't know. But like where I am currently in navigating this is just assume it's not for me. Wow, that was a really profound thing you said. Not for me. Oh, like that was a pretty virtuous thing you did. That was God. You are really successful in this field or whatever. You built a good business. You business. You built a. Big, you built a or big a, or a good business. B i z n u s. You built a big business. You successful athlete. Whatever it is, like none of that was me. I mean, technically, us operating with the grace of God, but just to like kind of live assuming that it's not. And I think that people don't want to do that because, especially when it comes to your own personal success. But like you know, even just even just looking at my own life, like. I am doing the job that essentially I want to do. There's, I can't really think of a job right now that I would rather do. It all, it basically started with like, I was working the summer camp at the high school that I worked just by happens chance. Happened to be walking by the campus ministry office. I think I caught my boss. He doesn't work there anymore, but my my first boss working there, like must have caught him on a good day or something. He was in a good mood. Like I was like, hey, like I'm looking for a job. He's like, all right, let's get you set up like part-time here. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't like we, I kind of knew him when I was at the school. And then from there, he left the year after I came, which opened up a position for me to go full time. That was all luck, right? I mean, or God's providence or whatever you want to call it. But like, that wasn't me. Like, it wasn't my qualifications. Like, you know, I, I was, I was brought on part time, like, and then from there I, I stepped into the role that I had. That wasn't skill. Like that was, that was <laughs> luck. And like, like I thank God for it. Right. And but it's very easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, like I was most qualified or I was whatever. Like by me saying it out loud, it devalues what it is or whatever it is. But like 
like RG has talked about, God knows, right? He knows. <laughs> so like, what different? You're not gonna fool him. <laughs> yeah, and I think with a lot of virtues, they're practiced. I mean, virtues must be kind of practiced to be strengthened. And you know, I think perspective. Like someone could see your exact situation and say exact opposite. Like it was me who went on campus and found someone. You know, and they can make it all about what they did. And, you know, I didn't even have to, you know. So yeah, I was this, so good that they didn't even. Yeah. 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 And there's like that level of like, okay, it's the same situation, but there's like two ways to look at it. And, you know, that way, you know, understanding that it's God's providence is like the humble way. Understanding, you know, God is has a heavy hand in your life. But then you can see it as like, well, I if I didn't do all these things, then God couldn't have done this. So who is like kind of taking the priority actions and stuff so i think like that's like important because like the whole time you're saying that i was like i definitely know how to see this in a prideful way <laughs> you know and that's the pride in me just <laughs> I'm like so good at seeing yeah. it. watch me spin this <laughs> and you kind of have to understand yourself you have to understand your pride i know you know to understand what it means to be humble and i think that's where that you know that part of the practice of that virtue is like <laughs> just look at yourself and you know understand don't hate yourself and that's like the difference between false humility or like something that's unhealthy you know, hum humility will never lead you to hate who you are. You know, it should help you to understand, you know, love God more and understand, you know, that relationship even more. Which I see a lot of, especially like when we talk about high school kids where, and they'll jump the other way and they'll go directly to, I'm the worst. And there's so much even of the, um, like you look at on social media or online where you want, it's, you want it's the a, social meets? I'm on, I'm on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> but it's like a thing to put yourself down and to almost like belittle yourself in not a healthy way. I don't know if you guys see that also, and I, I should have found like examples, I guess, but like the whole like me in real life thing where it's <laughs> just all the ways that I'm bad and lazy and yeah, I, I don't care for it um, um, so and that's what one of the things i did have there were two c.s lewis quotes that were relevant and the first one is humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less i got that right here do you yeah that's good go ahead and take it away then um <laughs> no i it's it's social media is tough i think like because yeah the whole honesty thing that's that's false humility i would say that it, like it has to be right to say like I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it has to be, though, because I, the struggle, though, is, and I think there are cases like that, but I would say the overall, the whole thing of social media is prideful at its root, right? The reason why, and vain, right? If we haven't even talked about vanity yet, but like vanity is also a, a, an enemy of humility, right? Because you're seeking the attention of others, not God. And like I, everyone says, like, I don't post for the likes. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. There's the only reason why. Shout out to my friend, Katie Metzger. She always, she always, always, always would vehemently like defend this. Like you post because you want the likes. <laughs> there is no other reason for it. You have the picture, right? You want other people to see it. And so you're telling me you want other people, you want other people to see it, but you don't care if they like it or not. <laughs> it a hundred percent is. And that's why I have no posts. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't even follow Alec on Instagram. <laughs> um, it's. It, it, you do it for the like, so it's obviously vanity. And I, I think this is, again, I had this conversation with that girl, Katie, from college. Awesome person, great person. Shout out to her. I think she is a frequent listener of our podcast still. So uh, shout out to you, Katie. <laughs> All right. Um, Hi, Katie. <laughs> and she always, we had a conversation about, like, how would the saints have used social media? 
would they have used it at all? Because I feel like social media is everybody putting their best foot forward most of the time, right? It's you at your most interesting parts of your life when your makeup is the best, when you are wearing, you're doing something cool that you want other people to see. You're putting your best foot forward. And it seems to be the case that in the lives of the saints, they always put their worst foot forward. Mm-hmm. Like they all, they always highlight their weaknesses. Like Paul, right? I boast in my failures. I boast in my weaknesses. Like that, and, and they do that in a humble way. But like again, like is that is that possibility? I don't so know. are you saying the saints would post their worst moments <laughs> on their social media, this just is, to put it out there yeah. for the sake of sainthood? Um, obviously it was a joke, but like I, th- I think ultimately no. I think because I don't think that they would put it into the public eye, right? I don't think they would thrust themselves into the public eye under any circumstance, right? Why why do they need to be mm-hmm. in like you said? Why why do I need to be seeking myself out? Because I mean. You could say they do put themselves into the public eye because that's the whole point of preaching, right? But that is a, it's a little bit different. And I mean, maybe more they would take more of like a Bishop Barron approach where it's like they're in the public eye solamente <laughs> for the reason of evangelization. Which I think is like in preaching, you're trying to get in front of people and get it out there, but then take yourself out of it, which I imagine is similar to leading worship where... And this is, I always mention it, but like at um, singing the national anthem, that's not about you. Don't try and make it like a big fancy thing. Just sing the song. And I imagine it to be similar in worship music, RG, and maybe if you want to speak to that of you're not there to show off how good of a musician you are. You are there to help with the worship. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you need to make the sacrifices that are necessary so other people can just get into prayer a bit more. Like one of those things I think is the key of the song. Like, do you sing the key that best displays your voice or do you sing the key that is easiest for everyone to sing along with that is like manageable so people can pray? I mean, you know, there's two ways to go, but obviously one way is a bit more humble because you're doing it for other people. You're serving but one way, like, definitely elevates you. So there's that secret, like, part of music ministry that no one sees when we're picking the keys, you know? Um, Never thought about that. Yeah, and, you know, that's, like, in like in mass, like, you know, a lot of priests will tell me, you always got to pick keys that are very singable because it's not really about, you know, your display of voice. It's it's about everyone being able to sing the song. That's par- That's probably one of the main reasons why I think RG is the best worship leader is because... That that is the case, and I think like all virtues, right? You judge by the fruit, and what kind of fruit is your leading worship producing versus what kind of fruit is your preaching producing, or whatever it is. Because if the fruits are being produced, is you're getting a lot of Instagram followers, or you sound really good, or you're getting a record label, or whatever. But like, there's been times where I've been trying to do like praise and worship and like like sing, and the the singer will like do something crazy, and I literally will just throw my hands up and like not in praise, not throw my hands up, just be like like. Like and go, ugh. I give up. Like I'm like I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, uh, and I just kind of like sit there then, and then I'm just pissed, right? Uh, <laughs> and part again, I gotta work through that, and I gotta like suck it up anyways, and just pray anyways. But like, it's it's frustrating because well, it that takes happens at mass moment. too, and that's our that's my gripe with our music minister, where when she's cantering, she sings the harmony. She doesn't even sing the melody to lead the congregation. <laughs> she's trying to harmonize with the congregation and i don't like what's the role of that job is not anyways yeah and i'll say 
like the audience matters too. So like, say I'm with people who I know are going to sing no matter what key yeah. it's in. They don't care if they're off key. I'm going to sing whatever key I want. You <laughs> yeah. know, I'm going to see whatever key I feel like will glorify God, you know, the most because I'm in that setting. But, you know, for people who maybe this is their first event or this is more like an evangelization thing. Like you're not going to want to choose something that's like so high or so performance, you know, why do you want something that they can jump into pretty easily? So I think like that's also a thing too. Like, yeah. So it just depends. It's like humility is like a thing that always depends on certain situations, but the inside cannot change. You know, the inside disposition, I think, is where it like stays locked in so that you can, you know, really allow that virtue to just kind of, you know, continue. So, and I've been waiting for a time to kind of throw this out there too. And I think this works pretty well is because there is the virtue, the complementary virtue of humility, which is uh, magnanimity. It's such a difficult word to say. Magnanimity, magnanimity, which means like the glory of the soul, essentially like wanting to do good things and wanting to succeed to the best of your ability. Because kind of, kind of hearkening back to what we mentioned earlier of like, nobody wants you to be that the best at something and not own it. Right. To an extent. That's the goodwill hunting. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, you have to be like that mag- magnanimous virtue is to say like, I am good at this, right? And so even even in the singing setting, right? If you can do it in a way that is welcoming, like if you're leading praise for like a group of 10 other worship leaders or praise leaders, uh, whatever you want to call yourselves, uh, <laughs> there's an element of magnanimity in that where like you guys have a talent and collectively it can be better. And so like, you do what you can to elevate that, to be the best that you can be, because that's giving glory to God. Mm-hmm. So never to be, and this is, goes back to what Alex said too, like never like hate yourself. That's bad too. Like I suck. I can never accomplish this. Like you can accomplish a lot and you have to mm-hmm. in order to be virtuous. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with young people too, sometimes this false humility will come out of fear too. It's like, well, what if, what will people think if I really own up to this? And I, and I think that humility won't ever come out of a fear of, you know, what people are going to say, because, you know, you just understand, like, it's just fear of God. You know, you, you have this knowledge about yourself already. So, and I think that's where a lot of, you know, young people are kind of coming from when they beat themselves up. They're just so afraid of what people are going to actually say, you know, or um, they're afraid that it's not actually what they think it is, you know? So I think that's really uh Fear is like a thing that Satan will use to just twist certain things in our lives, like even virtues and stuff. So fear and distracting us. So, yeah. I want to put the clip in here. Fear leads to hate. <laughs> <laughs> hate himself leads to false humility. <laughs> um, yeah, to it, you need an idea of that there is an objective truth because... Like you said, if you know that there is truth, then you can be less concerned with what people are thinking. Because if it is just relative to what everyone decides it is, then yeah, you're going to want, you're going to be afraid of it and you're going to want to bend what you do so that you are perceived in that way. But if the perception that's important to you is the objective truth that is your relationship with God, you're free from what people are thinking. So now I want to go into the other C.S. Lewis quote, which is from Screwtape Letters, which we have talked about a lot and definitely recommend because it's such a short read and there's a lot of good things in it. So if you 
aren't, you know, you don't feel like diving into Brothers K or Mere Christianity or something that's more maybe daunting, Screwtape is a good place to start. So this is a demon talking to another demon. So when he says the enemy, he's talking about God. The enemy wants to bring the man to a state of mind in which he could design the best cathedral in the world and know it to be the best and rejoice in the fact without being any more or less or otherwise glad at having done it than he would be if it had been done by another. The enemy wants him, in the end, to be so free from any bias in his own favor that he can rejoice in his own talents as frankly and gratefully as in his neighbor's talents, or in a sunrise, an elephant, or a waterfall. That's humility, right there. Read that again. Read that that again. The whole thing? No. (laughs) To the people on the... Back it up and listen to it again. (laughs) He's talking about right there. He, God wants to instill in us the virtue of humility and what that looks like in your life is that you delight in what is good you take delight in good things regardless Uh, of your involvement in it the same as if it's you or the because where there is good where truth beauty goodness is god so anytime you are taking delight in something that is true beautiful or good you are taking delight in god himself it is irrelevant of where it comes from so I like this person for this virtue. I like this nature for this beauty. I like reading this because of this truth. And it should not matter who it comes from. That means that you should feel the same towards all of it. I mean, that's like what we're striving for, that I am a soccer player. I should like watching somebody else succeed in soccer just as much as I like watching myself succeed in soccer. And it's so easy. And it's, again, easy to say, but like, when you, I love the analogy of the architect right there because he talks about an architect who were to, if he were to build a cathedral, right, which is a pinnacle event of an architect's life would be to build a huge structure like that, especially something like a cathedral where like you have been tasked with this, like this is everything. This is your whole livelihood. And to finish it and to think, I am so happy that this cathedral was built and it's good. If nobody ever knew that you were the one who built it, you should be just as happy, which is so difficult. Or even worse, if the next day somebody else did a, built a cathedral that was 10 times more beautiful, or actually 1.1 times more beautiful than yours is, and you would have to be like, that's more beautiful than mine. And I and I love it. I love it more than I love the cathedral that I built myself. Like, uh, And not even just anybody or your neighbor, but like your worst enemy. The person you hate the yeah. most built that cathedral instead of yeah. you. Imagine you had you grew up with this with this with this high school rival. You both played you both played on you went to a different high school or whatever, but you were friends growing up. You guys were always competing with each other and you were in the finals of your sports event and you scored five goals and were the man of the match and you, everything else crazy and then the next day you find out that the your high school rival scored six and he won his game too. You'd have to be like that's awesome that somebody did that in a game. That is so stinking hard (laughs) so i mean imagine a world where everyone is practicing this then the best things would always come out because you wouldn't need to look for this self like encouragement or the self-made aspect because you know you understand the community is rooting for you to do the best even better than them there is no more need for this you know addiction to self-confidence and motivation because you have the community or the church or whatever it is you be the best businessman you can be the best doctor 
But the thing is, like, temptation will cause people to chop each other down, yeah. which is so interesting. Um, and I think that's just the reality of what sin is. I mean, I even me myself, like, I feel like I've been there before where it's like you get jealous or you, you feel like, oh, why didn't I get asked and stuff? But you got to understand, like, this is just, you know, you, you just need the best out there. The best, the, the best stuff needs to get out there. And just sometimes that doesn't involve you. But you get to watch it and, you know, you get to, you know, see it. So I, I want to go a step past that. Well, two things. But the first one, even if it's not the best, like, let's say you were a better musician than the person they asked, but you still are happy for them that they got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like the best good of that is that that person gets experience. That person begins to you know get a good experience where they can elevate and they maybe you know you don't that's the thing about humility like you don't know when things are going to happen you don't know when that person's going to get better than you but maybe that experience contributed to that so there's that understanding of god is mm-hmm. sovereign in a sense and it doesn't the important thing too is it doesn't devalue your actions right just because there is a better just because lebron james was the best basketball player in the world doesn't mean that you're not good at basketball doesn't mean that there isn't goodness and beauty in glory in you succeeding. That doesn't mean that like when you did win that JV tournament when you were in high school and you worked really hard and your whole team came together, that doesn't devalue that action. It actually makes it more valuable, right? Is because, because again, this is the false humility. I well, I'm not going to do anything. Well, by that logic, like you're never going to be better than Mary. So like, who cares? Mary already did it all. But like you, we are called to be magnanimous. We are called to achieve to our fullest potential, right? Fill your glass all the way, however that takes its shape. Yeah, uh, which is similar. So I, as we've talked about before, struggle a lot with prodigal son because I look at it where I'm trying to think of, well, objectively, winning the varsity tournament is better than winning the JV tournament. So if I'm winning the varsity tournament, I am better than whoever is winning the JV tournament or whatever it is. And the way that the the analogy that we came up with was in terms of it's not our doing necessarily was with baseball, which upset me so much because I do not like baseball. But I think the analogy was helpful to me was if I was born on third base and, and I walk my way home, that's still less than someone who had started on first base and had to steal second, third, and home and worked so hard for it. Or if, let's say they didn't get home, they just got to third base. And I'm like, well, I got home and you only got to third base without keeping in mind that I didn't earn where I started and what it cost to progress along the way. I think that that goes back to the self-made man thing, right? No one wants to admit that they were born on third base, right? No one wants to admit that they are more naturally gifted in some things. No one wants to admit that like, you're a little bit more handsome than somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got the girl, but like also you're kind of tall or you're kind of handsome or you're kind of charming or whatever it is, like, or you're funny naturally or whatever. Like those play a role. Again, not to detract whatever it is that you did work to to keep the girl or get the girl or get the job or succeed at the sport. It doesn't detract from anything, but like have a humble understanding that like it's not all you. It's never been all you. It's never been any of you really if you really <laughs> get down to it. Yeah. Yeah, and... I think how I kind of want to end this, right, is one, I want I want to make a plug for the litany of humility. If you've never prayed it, pray it. Be warned. You probably will be humbled in your life. <laughs> and it is going to sting a little bit, right? 
But the litany of humility, just look it up. It's basically, it's imploring God to like take away all your bad desires and give you only the good desires. And what God thinks are good desires and what we think are good desires are very different because it's like, it's basically just give me the desire to like not be the best, right? Uh, Give me the desire to like not seek after what other people think of me. Take away my desire to be loved by anybody but you, God. Take away my desire to be approved by anybody that that's not you or honored or whatever it is. Like even that desire that we feel and like we've done something good and we're like, I want to be honored for it. And there's even like that justice piece. It's like, I deserve like, just take away the desire for that. Take away the desire to, to receive that honor. Again, it's best if you do something good for other people to honor you out of justice, right? Whatever it is, but to take away that desire of it, that like, I'm not going to do this for the praise or whatever it is. Uh, like, I mean, and one, of, one of the last lines is, it just really gets to the heart of it. It says that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Mm-hmm. Jesus, give me the uh, grant me the grace to desire it. Let other people be better than me in my relationship with you. Make me a worse saint than <laughs> somebody else, if that means that I am exactly who you created me to be. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is like it's, yeah, it's <laughs> it'll just knock you out, man. I mean, so I pray that prayer. It it is very it is very powerful, uh, very dangerous though. You know, it's a God will shake your life up a little bit, but yeah, I mean, and I think the beauty of that thing, that prayer is like all those things are, you know, in, in some ways good. Some of them are good, like justice and, you know, being, being treated fairly or even being loved. But it's like, do I want the good or the giver? You know, do I want just the gifts or the one who actually gives? And I think that's like, you know, at the end of the day, like when we ask for these good gifts, it's like, well, at the end of the day, we don't really need these gifts as much as we need the actual one who gives the gifts. And I think that's the beautiful thing about our faith is just like we forfeit these desires so we can desire just the one thing that we need, you know, which is God himself, you know, his grace is dwelling in our lives. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's easy to talk about. It's so difficult to practice. My last bit of advice from somebody who has struggled with this for a long time one Bible verse particularly that really hones in on humility, I think, is when Paul says, is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Just the idea that like, it's not, it's not you. You know, I think we have a little bit of a prideful mentality in even our approach to virtue. I want to conquer evil. You know, I want to achieve this virtue. I want to be pride. I want to be, I want to be humble. I want to be courageous or whatever it is. But like, humility is about complete and total dependency on God. I just, Lord, I depend on you. I don't live. It's you who lives in me and I need to get out of your way in every instance. I need to die to myself so that you can live fully in me. Let's uh, say it's recognizing our dependence. It's not becoming dependent. We already are. It's just a matter of recognizing and admitting yeah, it. Absolutely. Complete and total dependence on everything. So yeah, uh, struggle with it, guys. Like I said, it's going to be so different for everybody. Your your relationship with God, humility. Remember though, you know, if pride is the root of all sin, humility has to be the root, the root of all virtue. So go out there, try your best to be humble, be frustrated with it, let, let, struggle with it. When you're humble on Instagram, hashtag it, hashtag humility, please. <laughs> hashtag sinners take. So we can see <laughs> hashtag you humility. Humble. Yeah. <laughs> please, uh, please show us the ways you've been. <laughs> go ahead and leave in the comment sections the times that you were the most humble in your life. <laughs> uh, that's the sinner's take. <laughs> <laughs>